Welcome to another episode of View from the Gallagher. I'm Ian Smith, a Newcastle United season ticket holder in the Gallagher end. And today on the show, we're going to be looking ahead to Newcastle's return to Champions League football uh, after a 20-year hiatus. We'll also preview the Brentford match this weekend in the Premier League. And a little later on, we'll be putting ourselves in the role of boss in our imaginatively titled segment called <laughs> You're the Boss. Uh, we're going to look at what the owners, Eddie Howe, and the club's player leadership group should be doing in the next few months. And please remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and share it to other Newcastle fans so we can grow the show. Thank you. As ever, though, I'm not doing this alone. I'm joined by my dad, Gordon, and a very, very special guest tonight, hey. which I'm very excited about because I've been trying to get him on my channel for absolutely ages. <laughs> it's Rob, also known as Rubenstein, which I'm sure many of you already know. Rob, how are you doing? Yes, I'm. I'm good, mate. It's uh, it's good to be here. As I say, with the with the both years, I know we spoke a little while ago, and just life and everything yeah, always gets in the way. But uh, it's good to sit down and chat. And you know, we've come off a, a couple of tough results recently, but uh, hopefully, this is going to be the 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 start of a of a good run for Newcastle. So yeah. I love it. I love the positivity, Rob. You all, you've always got a positive outlook, and I love that about you. Oh, uh, right. And Dad, you're buzzing as well. You're very positive because uh, you're going away tomorrow. I am. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy that I'm going away. I'm going off to the Italian lakes, as probably people know, because I mentioned it the last two weeks on here. Well, um, you haven't stopped talking about it. For a while. I haven't talked about it. But unfortunately, I kind of go to the Milan game because I couldn't get a second ticket, so that's a bit of a disappointment. I'm disappointed I'm missing the Brentford game, to be honest, but I'm happy that I have a Harriet, which is uh, yeah. in, in my place. So I, I hope guess. she sees a win for a change. Cause that would be good. Yeah, the last time she went, we lost, so... So hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll win win tomorrow. But we'll see yeah. how it goes. Obviously, we'll talk about the Brentford game a little bit later on. Let's start with a little bit of news, though. Main news really today is that Callum Wilson, our thirty-one year old striker, had to look that up. Can't believe he's thirty-one. Actually, uh, new one-year extension keeps him at the club until twenty twenty-five. Happy with that, Rob? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think he deserves it. To be fair, and it's it's interesting because it's. I think it's going to be a big one in this this coming summer. I think a lot of people thought that the summer just gone, we would see a lot of players go, and we, and we did see a few of the fringe players, but maybe some of the older guys in there, like a Richie, like a Dummett, have, have kind of kind of kept their place. And, and I wouldn't be surprised, maybe as we're coming into maybe next summer, you could see more extensions coming to maybe the likes of Trippier as well and maybe move a, a Richie or a Dummer out, bring a few new younger lads in and almost have this kind of slow movement of one or the other. But, I mean, I'm, I'm saying that like we're, you know, sending him off, really. He's, you know, he's still the top <laughs> goal scorer. He's still doing a fantastic job. So I think in both senses, it's a, it's a good move. Yeah, it's a bit yeah, of a no-brainer, that, isn't it? Yeah. No, I, I, I'm in agreement. I mean, I, I love Callum Wilson. I think he's 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 top notch. I think he had that dodgy spell after the World Cup <clears throat> when everybody uh, there was a lot of people writing him off and oh, he's past it. His legs have gone. He's done to. And then he came back with a wallop after um, you know through April and May, didn't he? And you know, I mean, he's a class striker. I actually think he'll start tomorrow. I think he'll be uh, up front, and I think he'll. Uh, It'll make a difference to us. Um, so yeah, I'm very pleased. Very pleased. I just hope we can keep him fit. But I do think some of the rotation that we have to do nowadays will perhaps help him in that that cause that he's not playing. You know, yeah. as many minutes. I think the thi- I think the thing is I think you're right. I think he's gonna he'll get a start at some point. It might be tomorrow. Um, to be honest, but we'll see. Uh, I think. The thing is with Wilson since since he sort of realised that Isak was kind of the main guy ahead of him. Uh, he, he just sort of seemed to do something within him, didn't it? And he, wow. he then went on a fantastic run of form. And really, he's looked, he has looked good this season as well, even even in the games that, in his limited appearances, so to speak. So um, I'm, I'm happy, definitely happy that he's staying. I really love him. Um, and I actually think we... we <laughs> We need we need more strikers in the squad as well. I'd like yeah. to see us sign another striker at some point soon. Yeah, definitely that too. I think that might come in January. It's um, it's I think it's it's crazy really that you know you, Wilson is a player who wants to play all the time, but it's almost like having Isaac coming in and him not playing all the time. Like Gordon says, you know, kind of keeping his fitness a little bit more because he's not being asked upon quite so much has actually made him flourish. So when he does come on the pitch, he's actually a hundred percent fit. 
And he is able to score, you know, more goals last season than ever before with probably less minutes, you know. So yeah. if you can keep that going for another few years and try to keep strikers happy is always tough as well. So if we're able to kind of say, well, you know, let's kind of have someone there who's almost like a, a ready-made scorer off the bench, it's going to help us too. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Very good news. Very happy with that. And um, yeah, just can't get enough of his big smile anyway. So we need, need to <laughs> keep seeing that at Newcastle for a few more years yet. Um, also, earlier this week, plans were revealed to, uh, to build the fan zone and develop the fan zone at the back of the Gallagher uh, in the Strawberry area, whatever it's called. Uh, it's going to be called Stack St. James's. Um, looking forward to this one? Yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think the club are trying to do a lot of good things on the pitch, off the pitch, and um, you know anything to you know add to the atmosphere around the ground and. You know, Darren Eels talked all the, all the time about having as many people involved as possible. And we all know the restrictions on tickets at the moment are, are really tough. So one way to do it is let's try and fill 2,000, 3,000, I don't know how many people outside in a, in a big venue with a giant telly who can hear the roar of the, the crowd from just, you know, 100 yards away. I don't think it's a bad idea. It um, will hopefully... You know, extra revenue, extra revenue, extra revenue for the club. Um, yeah, I actually went to St James's Park and had like a a public consultation where you could go oh, down and okay. look at some of the boards. Of it was it was quite cool going into St James's Park. Always fun, uh, but really it was just a bunch of easels with photos <laughs> on it. So there wasn't a lot on there that you've not seen online. But I think the big idea of it was more to say that. You know, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think the, the planning is 100% granted yet. So, of, of anything, I think it's more of the idea when they go to the planning committee, they can hand over all these flyers. Because I signed one and put on, yes, I'm, I want to see it happen. He has 100 yeses. Yeah. We were open for a full evening and nobody contested it. I think it's more of the idea. But, but yeah, I'm interested. I think a lot of positive stuff going on at the moment. And that's a good tick yeah. in a box. Wow. Yeah. Definitely. I think, like you say, anything that they can do to kind of involve more people. I mean, obviously the club is buzzing at the moment anyway. Tickets are at an absolute premium like never before. And this just seems like a a logical step. And and I'm assuming that this is obviously, this will be in place for however long it takes to then redevelop the Gallagher end, (laughs) if that is possible you know, once the, those consultations are done about all the feasibility studies done um, in the future. So it, it'll be kind of like, it'll be there for a while, but it's not going to, I don't think it'll be a, a, a thing that's going to be there in say 15, 20 years time or anything, but, but in the short term, it makes perfect sense. And what, what I loved about um, the Amazon documentary was seeing a bit of Darren Eels and just seeing how good he is for this football club. Like he's a man who absolutely has his head screwed on he knows how to get fans engaged. He knows the importance of growing, you know, new fans into the club and giving them some sort of opportunity. Because obviously, yeah. getting them into St James's Park, new fans, is going to be very difficult right now. So this kind of thing to get people into the city, yeah, it's good. So it, it can't be a bad thing. Um, yeah, I agree with all that. And when you consider that bit of land was going to be a tower block, in, and yeah. you know it's now back in the club's hands and they're developing it, is just is great, isn't it? I mean, and this is something which we need um, because of all the reasons you've just you've just mentioned. Um, so yeah, I think it's a positive start, and this is just the beginning, isn't it? Really, I mean, you know, the development of the ground and the the surrounding area will be an ongoing um, project in itself over the next few years. There's no there's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. One there, one while you. Yeah, sorry, I was going to say that one really positive thing I found from it because I, I spoke to one of the guys there, and obviously we're still waiting on the the full details. But one thing they spoke about quite a lot is that they want it to be. Like three six five open every every day of the week, not not just on match days. And they said a big big reason they're doing that compare, and they were comparing it to kind of like the Man City have their kind of fan area, which really is a an outdoor stage with you know a couple of little kiosks around it, and then also compared it to a, a one at Anfield that I wasn't aware of. Um, but but talking about the fact that those stadiums are kind of out in the middle of nowhere, whereas in Newcastle it, it is literally in the centre. And they said oh. what one great thing about that is it means they can put the money into it because they know they'll get it back. You know, mm-hmm. it's another reason for why it's so great being a, you know, um, 
City Centre Stadium is that they're going to really push the money into this. It's not just going to be a, a stand outside with no cover on that people might go to. Like they are really going to push and make it quite a, a yeah. big thing, which you know I think is a, is also a real positive. Yeah, it's yeah. become a, a venue in its own right, so to speak. Yeah, um, yeah, just while you're on, I mean, we've talked on this on this podcast previously about stadium redevelopment. How how do, what what are your hopes for basically? What or what do you think might happen if you if you look into your crystal ball? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an interesting one. I mean, uh, again, when I was speaking to the guy at this consultation thing, I did say because. As I understand, it's a three-year period that they've um, decided to have this fan zone for. And I think that three years oh. kind of, uh, more than anything, keeps the fans off the back for three years. Because if yeah. they still had this empty car park for another year, people will be going, where's the construction? Where's the state? Where's the expansion of the stadium? What's going on? So I think they've kind of been a little bit clever that it's given them time to think on how they can extend the Gallagher. Can they extend it? How would they do it? And at the same time, I'm making a bit of use out of the of the area. Um, I think it will happen. Uh, again, as we've just spoken about there, I think, and, and again, when I was in there, they, they spoke very much on how proud and how happy they are that the stadium is where it is. So I just don't mm. see the stadium being moved, like, no, in no. any... I, I, near future yeah. I, don't, I think it cannot be underestimated the 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 benefit and the asset that is that stadium being in the center of the city it is yeah. and i heard about this uh, about the man city one i mean uh, um george colgan was talking about it the other day and uh, he was saying the man city is totally different because of the reasons you, you said rob that it's out in the, the stick though well away from the city center isn't it um, and Liverpool Everton grounds are both miles from the city centre, and we, we, you know, haven't visited them several times over the years. Um, so the benefit of the ground being in the centre of the city, it, I think they'll do everything in their power to keep that that situation in, yeah. in place. It's a fa- it's a fair point. I mean, you've oh. only got to look at the rugby league, Super League's Magic Weekend. Oh. Um, obviously hosted at St James's Park for several years. Then they tried to switch it to Anfield. And the rugby fans absolutely detested it to the point where they oh, cut wow. the contract short with Anfield because there was nothing around Anfield to do. No. Um, whereas in Newcastle, the fans could come and go, they could go into the city centre. And then sure enough, the, the Magic Weekend was moved back to St. James's Park. And it's, it's very, very popular there. And it is an asset. It's such a massive asset to have it where it is. Uh, it is unique for the size of the stadium it is. And I, I think they will do absolutely everything they can to, to do that. And I hadn't picked up, Rob, on the fact that the stack thing was just for three years initially. So that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I think I think it is quite telling because I, th- I think they, well, I suppose if they are, you know, joining in with the stack, there would have to be some sort of contract to begin with to understand how long they were wanting to do it with them for. But I, I do think a three years is is kind of, just long enough, but also not too long that they're not like overextending on maybe deciding actually we would like to do something different here. So I definitely think some sort of extension of the stadiums on the cards, but I think they'll have to come up with some weird and wonderful ways to make it work, to be honest, with where, where the stadium is, that's all. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, just a final bit of news. Uh, two of our Premier League fixtures in November have, have been switched. They've got a new kickoff time. Uh, the, one of them is the Arsenal at home game, which is um, Saturday, the fourth of November. Now, five thirty p.m. kickoff, which seems a very popular kickoff time for us this season. And then the Bournemouth away match is now on Saturday, the eleventh of November, at five thirty p.m. as well. So two more five thirty p.m. kickoffs. And really, there's been a bit of—I mean, things get moved for TV all the time. Of course, we know that, but it is another kick in the teeth for the away fans, really, for yeah. Newcastle because. It's another 5.30 p.m. kickoff. It's going to be a late finish on the south coast. It is what it is in modern-day football, isn't it? But it's 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 still a bit rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> Having said that, I think the 5.30 on a Saturday is better than the 4.30 on a Sunday or an 8 o'clock on a Sunday. So, you know. Well, that's, yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, do you get so many away games, Rob? Yeah, um, I'm try to. Uh, last season, I only went to a couple, which was, I think, the the least I'd been to for a while. It was a couple of seasons ago. I was quite proud. I think I got to every one in a single season, so that was a good year. And well, then, well done. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was uh, it was good fun. And then, I, I, as you say, the last couple of years, to be honest, have just been tougher because of the takeover as well. Just um, struggling like most to uh, get on away tickets. But 
having said that, that as much as there's up, people are happy or unhappy with how the away tickets have changed, in fairness, um, they've changed probably for the better for me this year because uh, mm. the, the points are going way lower and they're, they're dropping into where, where I can actually get one. Previous to that, it was relying on friends or, or, or whatever, which I, I, I still did all right out of. But uh, yeah, this season, hoping to try and pick it up. I, I, I'm not going to AC Milan. I know Gordon's, you're over in Italy, but uh, uh, it was just come a bit too soon. But I'm hoping mm. to try and get to Dortmund. I think a lot of Newcastle fans yeah. are looking at that one just because yeah. it's a bit more, bit further away to get you, get your money from you from work, save up or whatever, and then actually get it sorted. So I know a lot of people up here who are just going to Dortmund just for the you know, they're just going to Dortmund. They're, they're not going into the ground. They're going to just be in the city. Yeah. I mean, that's a bit like one of the Wembley, isn't it, without a ticket and just being in the vicinity of it all. So, don't, yeah. don't you think though that the the coming together of Dortmund fans and Newcastle fans is is going to be glorious though? Absolutely, like, that's yeah. two great fan bases, isn't it? Who it very is. true. It both is. like a beer, both like a sing. You know, it's, <laughs> it's going to be really, really good that yes. one. So I can understand the attraction to that one in particular. Oh, definitely, and I think somebody said I'd rather go there than to the dodgy part of Paris for the you know um, for the for the PSG game, so yeah, it's really, Milan's it's really interesting. Yeah, as well, either actually, and it's come quick. But Milan's is out on the out in the out of the city, and it's a, not the best journey out. Um, and at the stadium, very, I've heard very few people talking about going to Paris actually, which is it's really interesting. I know it's amazing, isn't it? Really, um, yeah, definitely. I think we'll enjoy them coming to St James's on the fourth of October. That'll be good. So. Yeah. I'm definitely it. looking forward to that. Yeah. Anyway, before that, we've obviously got a huge match at the weekend uh, against mm. Brentford. Um, Botman and Tonali, both doubts, but manager Eddie Howe it hopes to have both available uh, for the team. And uh, midfielder Elliot Anderson, also definitely available after he withdrew from the Scotland squad earlier in the week. We're coming in off the back of a bad run. <laughs> <laughs> Are we feeling confident, gents? <laughs> I, I'm I'm quietly confident. I think when I'm walking up to the stadium tomorrow, I'll be going. I'm, we're going to thrash them here. But sitting here right now, I'm yeah, I'm I'm happy. It's it's a strange one because I think there is ah, there's always pressure in football. But I just think you know going to Milan on Tuesday and then we do have a a bit of a good run in terms of Premier League fixtures with it being. Uh, Brentford, Sheffield United, Burnley, two promoted sides. You're looking at them three and going, oh, got to be winning those games. It just so happens that they're in the mix with an AC Milan dropped in, a Man City in the cup dropped in. And it's all about it's all about confidence yeah. and getting a bit of run of form, you know? And I just think if we're going to get a good win t- tomorrow evening, it just takes us to to the San Siro in, in, a good, in a good mood. And then hopefully if we can get something there, you know, that really shoots us on. Um, Eddie Howe spoke in his pref- press conference about how he, what, he's going to make sure the players are up for it. I think the the crowd will definitely be up for it. It's been a you know the two week break, not a great start. It'll be a lot of people expecting a result. Um, I'll be one of them, so <laughs> I'm hoping it's a, hoping it's a good one. Yeah, if we yeah. Think, repeat of last season, that'd be good, wouldn't it? That'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think um, you know I've been nervous about every game that we played this season, despite you know, um, so I'm nothing new about that. Um, but I do think um, there will be a, a few changes to the team. I think uh, Tenali won't play. Um, I get the impression from reading in between the lines what Eddie Howe said today. I think Botman will play. Um, so I think the back four with Pope in goal will be the norm. What if you like so Trippier, Sharp, Botman, um, and Byrne. And I think midfield, what we'll have is Bruno um and Joe Linton with um Sean Longstaff and then Anthony Gordon. And I think he'll bring in Jacob Murphy down the right. Mm. And Caleb Wilson up front. That's 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 my idea of the team tomorrow. And I think the the bit of um a bit of uh, fight, not fight, but, you know, a bit of intensity, a bit of running in midfield from John Longstaff. And Jacob Murphy has never let us down in the games he's played. So I just think it'll freshen it up a bit and we'll we'll have give give a good go uh, tomorrow. We've got to be careful about them because they've got some decent forwards again, haven't they? Um, but I think we should be looking to be Brentford if, if you know, uh, tomorrow. And I'm, yeah, I'm quietly confident. I hope I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting what you say about the team. Um, I suspect you might be right about the defence. I know people people are calling for Hall to come in. I, I feel like he's more likely to make the changes in the areas that you've said, uh, mm-hmm. particularly uh, dropping Almiron and bringing in Murphy. I think that's. I do think that will happen because. There's been a lot said about Almiron. We we all know that, and you can have your opinion on on what he what what he brings to the team or what what he doesn't in a sense. But I think it would just be wise to change it up a little bit um, in terms of yeah. And I think the other thing about it for with Almiron for me is he's travelled back from um, these international games, so he has a a good reason not to play him right from the start. He'll be on the bench, and I think Almiron might come back in then for for Milan. Um, yeah, well, this is the other issue I was about to say. Like the other thing is, you know, three day, three days later we'll be kicking off in Milan. So I think this yeah. is the time when we'll start to see a little bit of rotation between Premier League and um, yeah. Champions League games. I think the key to this match is Bruno. He's been in good form for Brazil. He looks happy and settled when he come back in, and you just hope that we start to see the Bruno that we we know we've got because. You know, he hasn't been on top form. He's still a great player, but he needs to um, impose himself a bit more and play with that smile and that happiness and that bit of aggression that that he can do. Um, And I think that with the midfield being set up that way, will actually benefit them. Okay. Yeah. No, I I agree. I think it's almost like... a moment where people have kind of been saying, is Tonali working? Is Tonali not working? And now he's injured. And it's as a give Eddie Howe an easy decision, right? Okay, well, we're not going to play him and we'll put Longstaff in and we'll try and do what we were doing. But at the same time, it's it is, even if that does work really well, then I suppose it gives Eddie Howe a bit of a question of, of how does he go forward next? But I think if I think if Tonali was fit, I think he would have played him. I think Eddie Howe has, has picked out how he wants this team to work. And although it had a had a little bit of a, a, a blunder in the last game and against Liverpool it did also work perfectly against Aston Villa so it's it's just trying to get that team make it work and as you've as you've said there if you know Longstaff comes in and does a great job and then it goes to the AC Milan game and Tenali is fit does he does he then let somebody go I suppose this is a these are all good things because we've had seasons previous where we've literally had 11 players and then you were absolutely screwed so to even have the ability to kind of say well we could bring a a Murphy in, we could even have a, you know, people are saying let's play Gordon and Barnes on either Barnes, wing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I think I would, I would actually prefer to maybe see Isaac on the left with Wilson. Well, I, think I, say that, Rob. I think Isaac because yeah. of what I mentioned and all this. I've dropped him drop now, but I, I think he will give him a bit of a. We'll start him on the bench tomorrow. I really feel that that's reading between what lines what you were saying about Callum Wilson, but Isaac's a great option to have coming yeah. off your bench. I mean, you know, it's just where we were two, you know, 18 months ago even. You know, it's it's just, this is what it's about. We've got a squad of players who are good players. We need, the, yeah. we need a bit of rotation because they'll not be able to play every game. Um, I, 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 I honestly think Tonali will play in Milan on Tuesday night. That That's, yeah. I think that he is carrying a bit of a knock, but I feel that he'll be, he'll be ready to play against Milan on, on Tuesday. Maybe he'll come on as a sub on Saturday. Who knows? Um, I, this international break has given me the the time to kind of reflect a little bit on sort of where we're like those first four matches. Now the Brighton game, I just think we can we sort of need to just hopefully write that off as a a bit of an anomaly and a bit of a shocker. I think the Villa game was so good. I I don't believe we've gone from that performance to suddenly just being a complete disaster because yeah the Man City game wasn't great in the sense that we didn't impose ourselves as we all wish we could but it wasn't bad either like that's for me I don't think it was a terrible performance against Man City at all I think it looked worse after the Liverpool result if that makes sense but again the Liverpool game although it was a bit weird we we battered them in the first half we we showed that we are a good team. Yeah. The, we talked we've talked before about the turning points in that Liverpool game and their their red card actually making us play in a different way and kind of 
affecting us negatively. Now that's on us. That's not on Liverpool. That's we did that to ourselves. And of course, to throw it away in the the way we did was just kind of it's again a bit a bit of a freak thing to happen, really. And we just have to live with that. But I think it's just I don't think it's as bad as we all feel it is. If you know what I mean. No, I uh, I definitely agree with you, and, and that's because they even said it today in Eddie Howe's press conference. I think we're actually only um, one point worse off than we were at this point last season. After all of the draws we started out with, and and like you say, you know, if we'd lost, if we'd lost against Man City, and then would beaten Liverpool, you know, then all then it would, and then fair enough, Brighton wasn't great, but you know, you look at it in a in a different light, and yeah. I think that's why you now go to Brentford, and if we beat Brentford, you almost just chalk off whatever's happened and yeah. gone right. Well, we're back to winning ways now. Let's kick on. The worry is if we lose, the, as you say, you said Bruno's coming back, feeling fresh, great time with Brazil, get a win. We're back into training. We've got AC Milan on Tuesday. You know, it's that's what a lot a lot of it. That's the thing with Bruno and. People are saying, does he have a knock or is it confidence or whatever? Like three points just changes, just changes yeah. it all. Does it, it doesn't matter anymore, you know? Just totally win agree. a game and it, it's it's yeah. all new. So I'm I'm hoping that we can do that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and remember, last season he scored twice at home against these. Um, so you know, there's there's yeah. always always optimism. It, it would be yeah. great to see. It would be great to see Bruno score. I, I'd love. I mean, I love Bruno, and again, he's another player who's had a bit of criticism this season. It would be great if we could see the Bruno of you know that first twelve months that we had him. It'd be great if we could kind of get that player back, and because we know that he's had a knock for a while, we know he's not been, he's played through pain and he's played through it, played through injury, and we kind of hope this season would be like he'd be raring to go, and it hasn't quite clicked for him for what for whatever reason that might be down to him. It might just be down to the way the team is balanced. But yeah, it'd be just really good to see Bruno have a really good man of the match performance and kind of yeah lead the team actually sort of be on the front of it all tomorrow and yeah, um, yeah and be really involved in it and hopefully in a win. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say without without Tenali as well, you know, will Bruno feel like it's it's because Tenali's been running the show for a lot of the games? You know, somebody else needs to grab it. Maybe Bruno, you know, put on his big boy yeah. shoes and take the ball and and do it himself. That was what I'd like to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, does anyone want to put their neck on the line and make a prediction? I think uh, I think I was listening to someone the other day saying that they were they were thinking a three-one win in Newcastle, which uh, so you, I, I, your I think prediction is someone else's prediction. Yeah, well, if, well, normally I do a normally I do a preview for the game. I actually didn't yeah. do one today. I was too busy, so I, <laughs> I normally come prepared with these kind of uh, for these questions, but I haven't done one. I just hadn't thought about it to be honest. But thinking to what he said, I, I would love to for Newcastle to get to that clean sheet run, get yeah. a clean sheet run going, because I mean that was a, such a big thing last season, and now I feel like every time I do a prediction, it's always one. It's never. Two yeah. nil or three nil, it's always yeah. one. Um, I was just about to say, Rob. Actually, I was going to sort of jump over you there and, and say, I I really want a clean sheet tomorrow. Like yeah. I want us to win, but I think the clean sheet is quite important. We, you know, we we haven't had a we've had one clean sheet since like April, uh, and that was a, that was the nil nil draw to Leicester, which obviously secured the point that we needed for the Champions League. That is a you long know, like, time ago. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been yeah. a long time. Um, and and I think it is a bit of an issue. It's something that needs addressing, actually, because it's been because we we were built yeah. on a solid defence at the start of last season and the back yeah. end of last season, uh, back end of the season before. With and do you know what? Out. I think uh, a little bit of the preparation for this game tomorrow. I think Eddie Howe, it's something. It's it's like going back to what we were good at last season. And I think he'll have and with the players he's going to have available. I do think there's a bit of you know going back to to some of the good stuff earlier on last season. And that might just be, you know, a catalyst to get that clean sheet. And and, and more importantly, we've got to win. I, we just need a win. Yeah, three points. Definitely yeah. need three points. I was going to say, I, I was I was joking about it the other day, but I, I partly wonder, you know, what, 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 where in Eddie's where in Eddie Howe's head is he thinking, you know what? Put Joe Linton back on the left wing. Get Sean Longstaff back in here. You know, he's he's bringing these players in. He's making these changes. And then he's going, oh, God, it's not working. You know, I don't think that's Eddie Howe, though. I, th- I think that's the thing. I think even if Tonali was fit, he would have stuck with what he wants it to be. You know, and, and the hope is, is yes, it, it was a tough game against Brighton. We've played some tough teams. 
But hopefully, if he gets yeah. it clicking, it will be better than what it was previously. You know. Yeah, and, and as you as you mentioned there, just to wrap up on on this uh, this preview, um, like although yes, we've got the Champions League games dri- dripped in between, but you know, on paper, and I know we don't play it on paper, but like the the fixtures from here until sort of Christmas, really in the league are favourable in a sense that they're ones that you look at and, and we should be picking up a lot of points over the next few months. And obviously if we're not, then there's a big issue there, but hopefully it starts tomorrow. And I, I do think it's a massive game tomorrow just because of the run we've had. And the, mm. the international break always makes it feel worse because you have to yeah. wait so long. Yeah, definitely. So fingers crossed anyway. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. So this week's, main segment is called You're the Boss. Uh, Newcastle's run of poor results like we've been talking about uh, before the international break has certainly given everyone connected to the club time to reflect on what needs to happen next. So what does need addressing uh, in the team in, and in the club as a whole over the next few months? So what we're going to do, each of us are going to take turns to think about um, the priorities for the owners of the club, the manager, Eddie Howe, and also, I was going to put the captain, but we, we've kind of got two captains and we've also got a leadership group. So we're going to look at what the players' leadership group need to kind of do in the short term, I guess. So so how do those involved at the club sort things out in the short term and in the longer term over the next few months? So let's start with Eddie Howe, because I think that's the most logical place to start with the actual team, the manager. Um, for me, his main priority, I think, is is simply to use his knowledge to adapt the team subtly in a way to make us a bit more surprising to play against um again so i think i think we've kind of lost that um mystery factor that that we had last season when we were playing teams and and they'd never come across us before i feel like part of the issues we've now got is that although as i mentioned uh, not so long ago i don't think it's been has been as bad as we think it has been in a sense but there's definitely I wouldn't say staleness, but like I think teams have maybe figured us out a little bit, and I think Eddie Howe somehow needs to use his his brilliant managerial brain to kind of make us tighter at the back, but also kind of retain that attacking threat, and that's that's his challenge over the next few weeks and months, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I went out when I was going through it in terms of kind of priorities. I I was kind of thinking about. Uh, competitions and, and league and I, I would say I would definitely agree I think a, a big part of Eddie Howe isn't necessarily he, he says this in his own interviews you know he says you know the next game is more important and I know it's kind of an easy answer to the journalists because it makes them stop asking silly questions but to, but to a degree I don't think it's a bad priority for Eddie Howe to have at the moment um, especially in and we've spoken a little bit about there about kind of like rotation and, and changing and changing players over um, you know, coming off the back of again, not a bad run, but just some games that we didn't win or had a tough loss against. Mm-hmm. I think he, and although we do play Milan in you know three days afterwards, I think with a, you know with a with a break for a lot of these players, I know some are on international duty. I think the priority really is to try and just get the cohesion of the team back together and winning. Play your best eleven tomorrow. If the win, play the same team again on Tuesday, and then you can maybe start looking at right who's how's everybody feeling. But in terms of uh, Eddie Howe, it's I, I wouldn't necessarily. He's he's not. Every manager's under pressure. He admits it himself. You know, he's judged on how many games he wins, and that's just the way it is. But um, I would like to say that Eddie Howe must be looking at Champions League games, and as much as he won't admit it, he must be thinking, "This is I'm standing here as the manager of Newcastle for the first time in 20 years. We'll be in the Premier League next season. We'll be in the season after that. We'll be in it after that. Uh-huh. We've got Champions League for the first time in a very long time. He won't admit it, but he must be thinking that winning these Champions League games must be a big priority for him. I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've got basically. I wrote the first thing I, I wrote down was. Win next match. That's his priority. <laughs> when yeah. The second priority is to win the next match after that. Um, but it, generally, I, I think it, there's a lot of being talked in the last few days and about him being under pressure. And is he? You know, then there was this those comments about the fact that the owners have come out and said, "No, oh, he's fine." And this is the supposed you know vote of confidence. And it's nothing of the sort. It's absolute nonsense. And I think. 
it, what came out of some of the videos and some of the um, back end of the season chats with some of the players was that they didn't admit what their targets were, but they had, they've got targets. And I think one of the, the main targets, and it ties in a little bit what you just said there, Rob, he, he'll want to get out of that group. I think that's yeah. what the club will want to achieve. To, to If we can actually make a presence, because I read different things in the, the, the national media and some of them just write us up totally. We'll never get out of that group. We're, we're, no way. But then on the other hand, we're, we're sort of assessed as being probably got the biggest chance of getting out of the group from you know, other people. Can I, can I but, tell you something? Can I tell you something? <laughs> so like, I, I'm not as active on Twitter at the moment. I have, I've had to sign a step away for a little bit. I, I do this every now and then. I step away from Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, I then go back to it. I can't help it. It's a bit of a weird place. Um, <laughs> but and, and to be perfectly honest with you, on Twitter, I try just to be not, I don't. I never try to like gloat or rub things in on other fans, yeah. but I have got bookmarked lots of tweets from people who immediately said when we qualified for the Champions League that we would go out in the group stage. So yeah. I am. <laughs> so I'm absolutely praying that we get through the group stage, Dad, because I just think there's so many people out there doubting us. There's so many yeah. people who just think we're there to make up the numbers. And I would absolutely love it for once if Newcastle stuck it to them. Yeah. And I, I, and I think, as I say, the, the priority for the club, I think Eddie Howe, for Eddie Howe, he, he will want to do that. He'll want to get out of that group um, because he wants to win every game anyway. But I do think it's a target if they can get into the knockout stages of the Champions League. That would be that would be a, a, a great achievement. Um, and I think you want to go beyond that when he gets there, you know, but I think that's an initial thing before Christmas. Um, I think the other thing is the league form has obviously been indifferent to start with. And you mentioned, Rob, I mean, we drew, we, we didn't win our second game until the beginning of October last year, you know, so, you know, we're not a million miles away points-wise. I think performance-wise, the brain was, was disappointing. But I think, again, internal target, I think the club will want to finish in the top five so we we qualify again for the Champions League. And I know as fans, there's lots of fans here, oh, I want to win a cup, I want to win a cup. But, you know, I just think if we can win a cup, great. But honestly, I think finishing again and qualifying for the Champions League will be high on the agenda. Yeah, quite. I mean... I, I've said all along that, that our aim this season should be to re-qualify for the Champions League next season. Yeah. Because if we get there once, it's amazing. But if we get there twice, it gives us the opportunity to stay yeah. there, I believe. That's what I think. I think yeah. lots, you, lots of teams can get there once. But to, if the want, club's want to be ambition is to be this team that you know, we are a, a resident of the top echelons of English football, then we need to be qualifying season after season because that's what these clubs do. And that's why we've ruffled so many feathers, us achieving it in our second season. Well, for one full season on Eddie Howe, um, it's just knocked the whole thing out of killer, hasn't it? And then they're, they're kind of quite believing, hence the uh, strops that we're getting from certain other managers and clubs mm-hmm. and fans. Um but I do think, you know, this is genuine. If, if we you know, want to, to be regarded as a top club, then we've got to start, you know, getting the results that match that, that you know, dream. No, I definitely agree. I think the, the Newcastle fans have celebrated it in the exact way that they should have done, which is, wow, it's Champions League, group of death comes out, we're playing these big clubs and everybody's in, in such a high spirit and, and excitement for it. But but that's the thing at the, at the moment. It's almost like we've we've we've, we've done it. We've we've got it. Yeah. But that's the thing you don't you don't want to let it go. <laughs> you yeah. want to make sure you you continue to get it. And and that's that is definitely uh, something that. Uh, well, that's the thing we're talking about Eddie Howe at the moment. But I think that will be you know what the owner's priority is for me, which is to yes, we've made it, but. The real deep down is we need to make sure we're getting it this season. It's, it's as well. really funny, you know, because I, I, I was in the garage of the day, so I've got all my pro- programs in there and I opened a box of them and it just happened to be the two that we had had the 2002 yeah. 2003 season in. Nice. And I, I, one of the first ones I pulled out was the Juventus home game, which um, 
I think, uh, was that the one Andy Griffin yeah. scored? Yeah. Um, and I looked at the teams we played in that competition and we were playing um, Feyenoord, Kiev and Juventus. And of course, as we know, we lost the first three games um, and then we went on that run of <laughs> and ending with the Feyenoord game. And I was just thinking, that was... That was unbelievable, wasn't it? I mean, that whole experience of that, that championship was like the depths of despair because we lost the <laughs> games. But then, then going on this three-game run where we qualified, it was, was just amazing. amazing, wasn't it? And it, yeah. it just did wonders for the for the club at the time, which they failed to build on, I have to say. Um, but that well, was... I always say that I always say that the um, the Milan game, the Inter Milan game away in the San Siro, was was the hype watermark point of the Bobby Robson era mm-hmm. uh, and then it, it never it never got to be honest that. you could argue that that was the high point of the club's his, recent history because it never got any better than playing that game in the San Siro it all went downhill after that didn't it yeah anyway anyway that's it but I, yeah. I do think the club Eddie Howe he'll want to get out of that group and prove yeah. a point and yeah yeah and winning a few matches in the league on the way. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's turn our attention then to the players' leadership group that we have within the squad. So Trippier, Wilson, Lascelles—they're all in it. I don't know who else is in it actually. I'm sure you guys probably know. Um, feel free to chip in if you do. But what what is what's their role in this? Um, obviously to play, yes. But like as the leadership group, what what are they going to be saying? in that dressing room to the other players? How are they going to make sure that we hit the ground running after the international break and, and go on a run? I think um, I think it's it's definitely interesting, especially when we talk about Man City in the Cup as well. I think that's a funny one. I think no, nobody's even talking about that one. I mean, we're in the Caraval Cup final last, last time round and everyone's just not even bothering to talk about it because there's so much else going on. Um, but you but you do look at that game or you look at the Champions League games and think, yes, Callum Wilson's got another year extension. Dan Byrne, you know, a, an older guy now, I think he's got a, a year or two left. Trippier's kind of coming through and they must be looking at each other and going, you know, probably, I don't think, I don't, don't see many of them kind of going away and staying, going to, a, you know, another team, maybe even the Premier League. I don't know if some of them might retire or even try and go and play their football elsewhere, but they must be looking at each other and going, this is a, you know, we've got a chance here. You know, we were at Wembley last time round. You know, we're in the Champions League, some some of them for the first time ever. Um, we need to get these lads kicked into gear and quick because this this could very quickly pass us by and all of a sudden we're waiting on next season when we're all another year older as well and having to, to try and start it again. I mean, I know Man City's a very tough game at home, but if we can pull through it, you know, who knows what will happen. And as I say, these these Champions League games, you know, we don't get a result against AC Milan, and then all of a sudden it's it's some tough fixtures. You know, you they must be th- thinking deep down. We need to get things on track very quick, not just for ourselves, but for Eddie Howe and, and the rest of them too. Well, I I think um, yeah, that, that that's absolutely right. And I think the, these players, because of their age, are experienced players. Um, some of them have been more experienced in top football than than others, but I, I don't think there's any any um, sort of thing about the um, these some of these players being retained who we thought would have been out the door the moment the you know the takeover happened and I mean people like Lascelles and Richie and Dummett they, they were on many people's lips or oh, they'll be gone you know they'll not be here by and you know who's to say we wouldn't have we and I didn't say that to myself about particularly Richie but I think what it shows is Eddie Howe has got this group of experienced players, wise heads, who are are not wanting to, you know, they're not happy necessarily about not playing, but they are part of that squad and keeping the younger element together now because we're signing a lot of young players and they need that wisdom of experience to help guide them through this. And that goes for people like Bruno, and and Tenali, I mean, they're not a great age, are they? And maybe this is the the role of these guys in the dressing room is about you know keeping that harmony within the team and actually focusing them on the task in hand. And that's obviously for tomorrow's game. Um, and have that 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 thing of experience, you know, just just 
keeping them together and and yeah. and also being making them. Where this is like you said, Rob, this is a fantastic experience for these players who are going to be playing in the Champions League. I mean, a lot of them when they signed for us wouldn't have wouldn't have believed that we'd be in the Champions League, would they? Yeah. Um, no. So it's a fantastic opportunity, and I think those old heads and the wisdom of experience will be essential in helping Eddie Howe and Jason Tindall through the coming the coming months. Do you know what it? Um... It's very, very different, but it's sort of, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, if you cast your mind back to the dark days of the Ashley era and the first relegation, Mm -hmm. we lost, was it 6-1 or something, to Leighton Orient in a friendly. And then we we had a group of players, didn't we? We had Nolan and Barton and some of the other senior pros who were effectively a player's leadership group within Mm -hmm. the squad. And and they basically, after that game, because the club was in absolute turmoil, they said, you know, who wants to be here? And they said, who wants to be here? And they, they helped people who didn't want to stay get out. Now, obviously, we're not in this situation. that The club's already very united. But the same principle applies here, I think, for what the players' leadership group needs to be doing right mm. now is kind of creating that sort of siege mentality. And, like, everyone's writing us off again. Yeah. Let's just stick together. Let's show everyone what we're about. Um, we're all in, and we're going to be a tight knit group, and we're going to yeah. go out there and do our talking on the pitch. And you know what? I, I was reading an article um, yesterday, and it was Eddie Howe was quoted in as he was talking about the players they want to bring in in January because they're already preparing the way for this. But he, but one of the things he said was, you know, we look at the people with obviously the right ability. But more, it's about whether they'll actually be right for this group. Have they got the right temperament? Have they got the right attitude? You know, and I think so. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, we should go and get this player. We should go and get that player." You know, the the, the actual process of buying a player is much longer than people think, and they they, they do the homework, they check it out, and so far, the, yeah. the as far as I can see, there's there's not been any real errors of judgment, has yeah. there? And I think that's really important when you're splashing particularly big amounts of money on players. And look at the clubs who splash big amounts and haven't got it right. And I look at Everton, I look at Manchester United to a certain extent. um, And Chelsea now, you know, they've just thrown a boatload of money at players. But is it a team? Not yet, it isn't. It might, it might, they might, yeah. might have owned one. I, I think that's been one of the most pleasing things since the takeover is the fact that it's not just been brilliant. Like it's been, we've got a group of players who you genuinely, like they genuinely all seem to care and like mm. each other. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm yeah. sure some like each other more than others, but like the <laughs> yeah. group does seem to be very much together, doesn't it? Like it seems Eddie Howe's cultivated that in his squad, um, and it, I don't, I don't think you can underestimate how important that is and how huge that is because, like you say, mm. at other clubs, if they don't do that sort of research into cultivating the atmosphere within a squad it can go very badly wrong yeah and I was going to pick up on something that you said there Ian before which I, I quite liked was about the kind of mentality of the squad and I, and I do actually wonder how that's kind of making that change into this season because you know previously I know Champions League wise people are kind of writing us off but you know Premiership wise it was all where will Newcastle get to will do mid table all of it it was always that kind of underdog feel like no one expected us to do it and we're gonna, but we're gonna prove them wrong. We're gonna do it anyway. It's interesting yeah. at the start of this season because all of a sudden, a lot of people are going, "Well, all right, well, Newcastle are gonna be up there." Like it's just expected that after one very good season, mm-hmm. now with a, a season juggling multiple competitions, it's just expected now. And the yeah. players are gonna have to try and, I guess, adjust their own mentality to kind of deal with this. Yeah, we're not yeah. just the club who have way overdone what it was expected. It's almost now like the expectations gone from here to there. Now, can we actually? hit the expectations. So I think that's a something else in the changing room that needs to kind of change as well. I think one of the most interesting things that came out of the, I think it was the fourth video, was when they were talking in the boardroom and they were talking about the um, research they'd done in the teams who had qualified for Europe and their drop-off in performance the following year in the league. Um, and it was quite marked, noticeable, wasn't it? It was quite a marked change. And... So the, 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 the you know, owners, the, the people running this football club are aware of what can happen 
And I think one of you know going into what they're planning and what they're doing, it's about them trying to offset that and plan as much as they can to provide Eddie Howe with the tools that he needs yeah. to be able to to maintain that position in the top. And it's going to be more difficult because of, as you say, expectations about it's a different season. Teams have worked us out. You know, it, you, you cannot stand still in football. We said that last week, didn't we? You know, you, you've got to always be looking to change and tweak and move on whilst keeping that unity and that bond together. Yeah, don't you think the Amazon documentary, I know some people didn't think it was that great. I, I enjoyed it quite a lot, actually. But mm-hmm. I think little snippets like that were interesting because actually it shows that all this talk this week about, you know, that I think the BBC were trying to blow it up, weren't they, about is Eddie Howe's job safe and all that. Like, I think those kind of behind-the-scenes conversations that we were able to see mm-hmm. and, and everything else we saw through from the series through that we saw from the owners was... It's quite interesting that actually they, they really do have their heads screwed on. That they're not they're not overreactive people. They're very they're very measured and kind of I, I think they're aware of the realities of the game. Like they yeah. they they know like you say, Dad, um, the drop off of teams the next season. Yeah. I guess unless you're a really established team, yeah. it is it's, it is going to be there. Yeah. Um, if you're playing European football, it. <laughs> We all know that, and yet the expectations in the league still are very high, and, and people still oh, expect us yeah. to just repeat what we did last season. And it is it is going to be harder because, you know, yeah, we've bought a couple, a few more players, but ultimately, it's going to take a few years, and that's why I think requalifying for the Champions League this season would just be for the for the club would is is the most important thing. Mm. It's, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. I, I know we're coming on to owners in, in a moment, but I think that's like that is the sustainability thing again. I think for for the players, the the, the group that we've spoken about, and even Eddie Howe, kind of to a degree. I mean, Eddie Howe could be here as, as long as the owners potentially, you know. But for the players, especially, you know, they are here for a, a maximum amount of time. So for looking at them, they 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 probably, as I said earlier, you know, they're looking at Champions League. Like, like we got to get a good one going here, owners wise. You know they've got their five ten year plan. You know, fair enough. We might get knocked out on the group stage, but we what we want is to be Champions League team for the next five ten years. We'll have our chance to qualify again. You know, so I think that's where that when they come in, it'll be a lot more of a kind of a longer term view of what's happening than maybe the players are. Yeah, great. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's go to the owners. So the uh, sort of the final part of this uh, you're the boss challenge put your ownership cap on you know what is it over the next few it is more of a medium term thing longer term thing i guess but really kind of looking over the next few months what what is it that they need to do like what have they done enough this summer or did is there still work to do? I guess there'll always be work to do. Now we're in this kind of yeah. I think you've answered that one. There's the I mean the whole pro. This is a, an ongoing process, isn't it? I think that in a very short term, I tell you one thing: they need to fix and fix quite quickly is the ticketing office and the ticket situation. Um, I mean, I, I went on the phone yesterday. and I was on for a one hour fifty minutes. I, I managed to cut both my grass foot and back, and I managed to um, you know. Tolerate while I was on hold, and eventually I got through. And thankfully now, because you've got minutes on your mobile, it doesn't actually cost you anything to hold on. <laughs> um, but it, I mean, there was one lad on Twitter said he was on two hours, two and a quarter hours, and then he, he just got cut off when he got the number one. And that, wow. so there's been a lot of this. You know, there, there's a lot of it going on at the moment. Is there a lot of mourning about the ticket situation? And I really think as a club, the need. Uh, that's a short-term thing that they could probably do quite quickly to, to make that whole situation better. So that's that's one thing. The bigger thing, I think, is obviously the, the development of the team, and that's obviously important. But I think the development of the ground, and we touched on that earlier, they've got to find a way of getting St. James's Park with a bigger capacity. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting you mentioned that, Dad, because actually the, the second thing I'd written down was announce plans for the stadium (laughs) and we kind of talked about it earlier didn't we with the stack thing and like um it only being there for three years but really i think it's really important that for the sanity of everyone (laughs) (laughs) something's announced in the next say 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 12 months or whatever i feel like it's kind of 
I don't know. As a fan, I just feel like God, we need we need more seats in that stadium. At least, at least be able to tell us that it's going to happen. I don't know. Like for me, it just <laughs> I don't know. If it's a priority, really. But was there any indication of you know when you're talking to these people in inside that that they are actively? I mean, I, I kind of believe they're not doing it. They're looking at the you know the potential, but it takes time to do these sort of surveys and what they can and what they can't do, and it involves obviously you know a lot of sort of people like architects and, you know, engineers and whatever. Um, I kind of believe they're not doing that, but it does take time. You know, building things does take take a time, doesn't it? Yeah. So, well, um, well, Darren Eels said, didn't he, that they're, they're doing this visa uh, visibility study, which is meant to last around a year. Uh, and when I, when I was in there, I did, they were just, as I say, it was a public thing. So I, there was other people there t- chatting away as well. Um, but one of the guys there was, I think, one of the um, – uh, one of the money men from the club, he he was kind of saying, um, you know, it's three years and da da da. And I kind of said, you know, so so after those three years, is that when you're going to uh, start extending the stadium? And he was and he was like, oh well, I couldn't possibly say. <laughs> so he wasn't really answering the question. But I think it is telling that they're, you know, because they could have, they could have, you know, built whatever they wanted there. You know, I think it, there is it is telling that they've kind of gone for that stack feel as well because that is. Basically, metal containers just placed on a bit of ground. You know, they're not they're not digging into the ground. They're not mm. really they're not really changing or doing too much there. Although it is clear they do want to spend money and make sure it's it's a good one. I think, and the fact that they want to have it ready for the first of January as well. So I mean, it's not often you know good like big buildings are built in you know four months time. It would <laughs> suggest that they could probably take it down again in you know a fraction of that time. So all of a sudden, hang on, we've just had the the study through. We can actually do the stuff we want. Let's get cracking with it as quickly as possible. So I think that is potentially telling. Um, but at the same time, I do agree with what Ian says, which is that as a, a it's a big topic of conversation on fans, and you know you you're never going to get away from it. So the the sooner they do say something, maybe the the better. Yeah. I have to tell you, lads. I mean, when I first started going out, that we had the three open sides to St James's Park. And that all the talk was of when we're going to build a new stand, when we're going to, and they, they, they did build a new stand and it's that concrete monstrosity that is the East Stand. And it was for, for a few years, it was called the new stand. It wasn't called the East Stand. It was the, <laughs> uh, and, and then we said, well, when they're going to build the rest of it up, because then they're not the leases end down in the mid seventies. And it was an absolute, you know, you had these two ends of the ground, they're awful. And we waited 20 years to get the, um, wow. you know, the, the, the John Hall, inspired uh, revival of the, the ground that we have now. You know? so. It hasn't been touched now, has it, for 23 20 years? Well, I was going to yeah. say, they, had the, uh, yeah. they, were, they were saying today it was that Shira Roy Keane video that was going around when he got him yeah. sent off. And you can see in the background, the stadium looks exactly the same as it did back in 2003. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Crazy. Okay, so apart from the stadium, what do we reckon, <laughs> what do we reckon the owners... What are their priorities? We'll just wrap this up. Uh, what what are they? What do you think their priorities need to be? I, I think the I think the and, that, and that's what I was kind of coming to was you know the for the owners I think they're as much as I'm sure they want to see us go Champions League. I think because that's the thing you talk a lot about kind of like the players doing well. The, the owners I'm sure want to do well, but it's also kind of like brand image seen by the world. And I mean going through past the group stage and like quarterfinals, semi suddenly. The world really is watching, and that and that's where they will show yeah. their new, you know, seller sponsor or just the black and white kit to get everybody loving the club. As that that must be a big image. But as I say, I do think you know, as you've said, Gordon from the behind the scenes at, at the Amazon, they were very clear on their, um, you know, the difference in how teams do like spend wise, and then also that, that directly correlates to you know European football. You know, if, if if we want to spend, if we want to have the wages, you know, dropping out of a Champions League, you could even 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 go as far as, you know, it's believed that when Manchester United have signed these big deals with Adidas and stuff or whatever, just as we are doing so, when they weren't in the Champions League, they saw big drop-offs in their commercial revenues from sponsors. They saw big drop-offs yeah. from TV. So, so that's the thing is, yes, quarterfinals would be great, but for sustainability and the owners... Champions League every year is what they want to build on. You can kind of understand why these, you know, so-called, you know, top five, top six clubs 
uh, need to stay in it. And any upstarts like us coming along yeah. are seen as bad news. Uh, the, the word I, the, the word I wrote down to cover what all of that, what you just said, is revenue streams. That is, and they talked about that in the video, didn't they? It's about revenue and about the you know the additional income, and that drives up the amount they can spend on players because obviously you've got the um, financial fair play stuff as well. So the more money we've got coming in, the more we can spend. And it's a, it's a circle, isn't it? You know, and, and that's that's what it's about. Here's a question for you, just to, to come as we wrap this up. Obviously, let's imagine we, we don't qualify for the Champions League again this season, right? Yeah. So then we're in a position where we need to reinvest in the squad, but PPA, no, not PPA, what am I on about? FFP, <laughs> goodness me, PPA is very yeah. different, isn't it? Um, I don't know where that came from. Um, FFP is kind of hamstringing us a bit. Could you see a scenario next summer where we sell a big player in order to then say, right, let's sell this player for 50 million quid. That's going to let us spend X amount to reinvest because we can then spread those payments out because of the way it works. You, 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 your money you get in is instant, isn't it? But then you can spread your payments out mm. later on. Do you think that is a realistic thing that the owners might have to consider next summer? It's not beyond the realms, is it? I mean, I think we've got to get used. I, I, I mean, somebody said this a couple of weeks ago in an article I was reading. We as fans get very attached to players. We get, you know, we love the the players and the ones that are our favourites and the big stars. But actually, if you look at the record of some of these, you know, these top clubs, they sell, buy and sell top players all the time, don't they? Um, and that's because they, they raise the revenue to to reinvest. And and I, I think the proviso is, isn't it, that we sell them to then reinvest. In the past, we've sold players. Which haven't the money's not been reinvested in playing yeah. squads, and that's when you get the downward spiral and ends up in relegation. That that's you know what what's what's happened over the years with this football club. Um, so the answer to your question is yes, I could see it happening. I think a lot of people will be unhappy because people are always unhappy. Um, even when they're happy, they're unhappy because there's always something that they don't like. Um, but I think it's Half just a course in our fan base, isn't it? <laughs> but it's going to become the, a bit more the norm for us over the next few years. Yeah. As we become, if we become one of these elite clubs, then this is what will will happen. It it it, it just does. Look at you know Barcelona and Madrid. There's two examples. I mean, the players they've shipped you know shipped out over the years. You you kind of kind of believe it when the times they were getting rid of players, but it's just part of the model and it's part of the way they 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 function. But as long as they're successful and remain successful, it, it's not a problem. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was just thinking in my head there, you know, if we were to sell Bruno for a hundred million, you know, what would be the scenario that people would go, yeah, that's a good. I don't think I can come up with one in my head to be honest. Because if we're going, if we do really well, it's like, oh god, we're finally doing well and we've let him go. And if we're not doing so good, so like, well, if we're selling, we can get more players. Like, oh, but we've got to keep the good players we've got and build. Like, never really going to yeah. be a scenario where people are like, oh yeah, okay, good idea. Um, but I think I agree. I think anything's possible. It's funny actually whether it is as rumored with his new contract that one of the sticking points is that um, it's because Bruno actually wants a, um, a release clause placed on his contract, and mm-hmm. and I think that's possibly because the owners have the power to turn down, you know, the reckon that Liverpool offered a hundred million and then didn't, you know, they didn't blink. They said no straight away. You know, was mm-hmm. Bruno thinking, well, actually if a Madrid did come knocking, I want the opportunity to go. And if I don't put it in, maybe I won't go. So there's, there's also the possibility that players, you know, may want yeah. to move and we can, you know, take the money for it. So. Yeah, I would like to see a clause put in Bruno's contract that he's not allowed to be sold to Liverpool or Manchester United. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> good. Well, yeah, yeah, that's the that's that. Um, to a club outside the Premier League is yeah. probably not yeah. a bad shout. Yeah. Yeah, 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 very good. Okay, let's um, let's let's just wrap up very quickly uh, with just talking. Obviously, we can't let this opportunity pass us by. We're playing our first Champions League match in twenty years, over twenty years. Um, by the time the kickoff comes, very very exciting. AC Milan. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Like it's just very <laughs> exciting. Does anyone want to say anything? 
I think it's, uh, to be, I'll be totally honest, I've, I don't think I'll be really feeling it until the Champions League music plays right now. I mean, as I, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm not off to it. I was talking to the lads a little bit um, in the group chat saying, oh, we're going to go to a pub or we're going to go to somebody's house. So, oh, I don't think I'm, my plan is to sit and watch it at home. I think I need to be somewhere <laughs> uh, to just let that elect, like uh, electricity out of us, to be honest. Um, so maybe see what happens tomorrow and then see if we're going into town or whatever. But yeah, I am, I am very excited for it. I think I'm doing an Eddie Howe and just thinking about tomorrow at the moment. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I am excited and just want to see us do well and just want to enjoy it for what it is. You know, you can talk about the Dortmund game. You talk about, you know, uh, having Mbappe at St. James's or, or even the, like the later stages. You know, it would be nice to kick off with a good start and think, you know what, we've got a good chance here. Like you we were saying earlier about the... You know the Juventus group when it was all down and then up again. I mean, it would be nice to get a win and to have that real feel of this is happening and not not the other way around. So, um, yeah, looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, I, I am as well. And you know, the fact that I'm in Italy at the time, I'm going to obviously try and find it on a, on a local television. That there's loads of AC Milan shirts in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be um, no, it's exciting. Around. I mean, like we said when the draw was made, if you'd said that we pulled out of the hat, AC Milan, Dortmund, and PSG, it's just. I mean, it's 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 just what a we want. It's what we want. It's what draw. we want. And we just got to embrace it and enjoy it, haven't we? Really, and yeah. and hope that we can, yeah, as we say, get out of the group and you know prove a few people wrong yeah. and. By getting a result on Tuesday, and that might be a draw or even better, a win. But you know, just to give a good representation of ourselves, I think would be a fantastic. Uh, it'll be a fantastic occasion, I'm sure. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it's going to be in a in a way. There's it's kind of like there's not a lot of pressure on it, but also the knowing this squad, knowing this manager, they're definitely going to want to prove. Something to some to a lot of people who have written us off already. So, did he hear him talk in his interview? Because he was asked about this, and he said, "Well, it's just another game." He said, "We're flying a bit further, but it's not that much longer to Italy." (laughs) And we just how response same way, yeah, typical (laughs) response. Although that was, I thought it was quite uh, telling, really. Um, But no, it's it's great, isn't it? If you can't enjoy it, then what's the point of being a fanner? What's the yeah, point? Definitely. So it's going to be a good week. Right. Thank you, Dad. Enjoy your holiday. Rob, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, great, Rob. Thank you. No, thank you guys great for having me on. It's you. been fun. And uh, yeah, don't re- um, please remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Share it to other Newcastle fans if you can to help us grow. That'd be amazing. Thank you so much. Enjoy Brentford, enjoy AC Milan, and we will see you next week.